my fellow plebs, River is setting a new standard in Bitcoin. At river.com, you'll pay zero fees when you dollar cost average. Truly the best way to build your Bitcoin wallet. All Bitcoin at River is held in secure cold storage with 100% full reserves. There's no need to wonder what's happening behind the scenes. Your Bitcoin is your Bitcoin to withdraw at any time. Additionally, River lets you make Bitcoin payments via the Lightning Network, offers a Lightning integration for developers, and allows you to mine Bitcoin directly to your River account. River has a level of service that is unheard of in this industry, including phone support, private client advisors, and the ability to designate beneficiaries to inherit your Bitcoin wealth. River has become the premium name in Bitcoin that anyone can easily access. Sure, you have a place to buy Bitcoin, but have you tried River? See and feel the difference at River.com and the River iOS app, the preferred partner of Bitcoin Magazine. My fellow plebs, today's podcast is also brought to you by Moon Mortgage. As the world moves increasingly towards the mainstream adoption of Bitcoin and other digital assets, Moon Mortgage makes it possible to materialize your assets into real estate. Through the collateralization of mortgages with Bitcoin and other digital assets, Moon Mortgage will be launching lending solutions to allow investors to easily leverage their assets to purchase investments in owner-occupied property. Moon Mortgage's crypto mortgage will be launching soon for home buyers in Texas, Florida, and Colorado, and will also be open to investors in most states across the U.S. for investment properties. Welcome to the future of mortgages. Visit moonmortgage.com today to register and learn more. Moon Mortgage Residential is registered with the NMLS under number 235334. Today's episode is brought to you by Gordon Law Group. If you've tried to do Bitcoin taxes yourself, you know how complicated it is. You can spend hours and hours going through your transactions and researching tax forms and you're still not sure if it's right or if the IRS will come after you. Or maybe you're so intimidated by Bitcoin taxes that you don't even know where to start. Gordon Law Group can help. Ditch the spreadsheets and feel confident with a bulletproof Bitcoin tax return. They can help with IRS payment plans and they also provide a full range of legal and accounting services for Bitcoin and digital asset startups. Get your taxes done right the first time with the original Bitcoin and digital asset tax pros. Go to gordonlawltd.com forward slash BTC. As a bonus, they'll send you the ultimate Bitcoin tax guide for free. That's gordonlawltd.com forward slash BTC. Good morning, Bitcoin. Good morning, Good morning. Bitcoin. Good morning, Anna. Good morning. How is everyone feeling after last week? Great question. (laughs) You know, I feel great. Like having the conference in the books, all that hard work after, after a year and pulling it off with the success, it feels good. I feel, I feel, I feel amazing. Excited to recap and, and talk through all that went well and what we can improve for next year. Also feeling amazing, but a little under the weather. So the conference energy definitely got the best of me. Same. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. I'm very excited. Happy that we can have a recap, share a bunch of good stories, hear from everyone else who made this whole thing possible, and uh, probably give a little sneak peek of what we have in plan for Nashville. Amazing. I really wanted to just go around the room and for everyone to introduce themselves, just in case there are people in the audience that are not, they, that have not met you all, guys. We have... 
an amazing, brilliant group of people joining us today. They're the ultimate masterminds behind the world's biggest Bitcoin conference that just happened last week in Miami. So why don't we start with Mike? Please introduce yourself. Okay, well, we can start with me. My name is Mike Tomorrow, I'm the president of Bitcoin Magazine, and I think I get a lot of credit for this event and do the least amount of work. So maybe I'm not the best person to start with, but really I'm in charge of the corporate development for the company and, and kind of all of our expansion. And I think my job is really to be the flavor, flavor, and hype man for the rest of these unbelievable people who are about to speak and say what they're about to do. CK, do you want to go next? <laughs> Yeah, of course. So general manager, Bitcoin Magazine, CK Snarks, and my job is just to assist and support pretty much everyone else on the team who is who's doing great work. In terms of the events, you know, I'm just running around with my head cut off, you know, taking care of any small issue that might emerge. So it's definitely a lot of work. I definitely am very familiar with that three o'clock feeling on the last day of the event when Everything that could go wrong has passed. And uh, yeah, you know, I've been a part of Bitcoin 2019 through Bitcoin 2023 now. So that's five events, six events if you consider Bitcoin, if you consider uh, what's it called? Bitcoin 2020, which got canceled, but great times. Amazing. George, did you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Good morning again. My name is George. I am the head of community at Bitcoin Magazine and the conference. That means I lead our efforts to invest into local Bitcoin communities. That means growing our Bitcoin meetup network. For the conference this year, we kicked off the inaugural Bitcoin Games, which is a competition between local Bitcoin meetups. Also in charge of our, our volunteer program, was involved with registration, ticketing, and a few other things at the conference. So good to be here. Excited to ch chat more about the, uh, the conference and yeah, what we have in store for next year. Yay. I see that Brandon and Rizzo joined us and Isabella. Amazing to have you guys. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Nope. Brandon, do you want to do a short little intro? Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the people who worked on the event and I'm personally a George super fan. So that's basically all you need to know about me. Oh, thanks, Brandon. That's Brandon being modest for everyone here, and that's why he's actually the one in charge of running the entire conference. So all the way, if this thing fell apart, we were all going to blame him. Uh, and if it goes well, he gets to say things like, I kind of worked on the conference. But he is truly the person who put every minute and energy into making this thing possible. Hey, Mike, he was complimenting me, and you interrupted him. I don't know, Brandon, if you had any more, anything else to say. But... That's why I said I was a George super fan, <laughs> not a Mike super fan. Gosh, man. <laughs> So much love in the room, you guys. Yes. All right. So let's, I guess, let's just jump right in. I I have my, I will open with a question and then we'll see where this conversation takes us. But Brandon, Mike, CK, George, Rizzo, I also have been sending out an invite to Joe. I see him in the audience. Joe, please accept my invite to speak. Guys, walk us through the process of organizing the biggest Bitcoin conference in the world. What are the key steps involved from start to finish? I know it's a loaded question, but if you could just share some details with the audience that might not be familiar with what it takes to put an event that size and all the blood, sweat and tears that goes into it. I mean, I think I can start. The most important thing, really, when you're talking about an event 10,000 people plus is venue and date. And that is a pretty big battle on the front end. 
there's just not that many venues that work for an event that size. And there's a lot of competition for the dates. So it's definitely, you know, tough to, you know, lock that down. But once it does get locked down, you know, a lot of great work can start going from there. So, you know, one of the huge benefits of this year is that, you know, we were able to announce Bitcoin 2024 with Nashville already locked in, with the dates already locked in. And actually, like we're working on Bitcoin 25 right now. So we're, we're really operating two years ahead in terms of like planning out venue date, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, Miami has been absolutely incredible. And we're trying to use this conference as a mechanism to orange pill cities. So, you know, Nashville is, is next. And there's been a lot of really amazing work done by the Bitcoin community here already. But we're, we're definitely using this as a mechanism to get Bitcoin in front of cities and get cities to take Bitcoin seriously. So I'll let Mike or Rizzo or Brandon talk about, you know, what happens after we lock down a city and, and, and dates, but it's a lot of work on the front end. And, you know, I'm about to get started on Bitcoin 25, believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, it's a lot of boring work up front. I don't know if you guys can hear me, but you got to find the right partners. You got to find the right vendors. You got to come up with the theming. You got to, you know, one thing maybe that's interesting is we started Bitcoin 2023 with this idea of, you know, Bitcoin winter, right? And about halfway through between, you know, when we first launched it and let's say around November of 2022, I don't know what happened around then, but the winter theme became very real. And we were like, all right, well, you can't go much lower than this. So why don't we just start moving on from winter and really just moving on from all this BS. So then we adopted the theming of TikTok next block as like this, all right, you know, let's not linger on this winter thing. That's pretty brutal out here. So that's why, you know, we then had like the, the block clock be this kind of central totem. Shout out to Pat, who's not up here, but one of our creative, really the creative genius behind most of what you saw at the conference. And yeah, I mean, you know, that was a, a huge kind of aspect. And then that kind of informed programming decisions and informed all sorts of, you know, kind of different things that we planned outside of that. And then, yeah, I mean, I guess the other part of it was just um, McShane's up here now too. He can kind of fill in as well, but building out kind of the programming schedule strategy as well as like the sponsorship schedule and strategy and, and just figuring out how to put all the pieces together. It's a, you know, I like to make kind of two analogies. Number one is that we're throwing a party, right? And that really most of what we're doing is, is just telling people, hey, so-and-so is going to be here. Like, make sure you come. It's going to be lit. And this is what we're, you know, this is the moves we're going to bust on the dance floor kind of thing. And then on the other hand, you're putting together a puzzle, right? You're trying to find all of the great pieces, all the great people, all the great narratives, and make sure that you try and cover as much as it is possible while making sure that you have the right people there to talk about it. So it's a lot of fun. It's a huge challenge. I don't know, McShane, if you want to jump in and talk more. Sure. I can talk a little bit about. I guess the logistical challenge of bringing in, you know, hundreds of speakers. I think the hardest part is probably balancing, you know, relevant content that's timely, topical to what's happening in the news cycle, what's important to Bitcoiners, what's educational, you know, what's technical, what are companies who are sponsors who want to get up there and talk about their amazing products and services and you know, who are the best in class speakers. So that's really what we're after in terms of speaking. There's no better way to become a speaker at the event than just be best in class at whatever it is you do. 
I wanted to talk a little bit about actually the sponsorship. You said if we're going to have the biggest, you know, biggest Bitcoin conference, one of the things that we end up having to do is have a, in order to have large stages, we need to have a large expo hall too. On top of that, the sponsorship is what allows us to keep the price for the ticket low. Some people might think the ticket prices are high. We try to make this as low as possible, especially with the early bird pricing. I mean, for example, all the little things that go into this conference that no one knows about, essentially our budget for security that we have to provide because we have not only presidential candidates, but we also have heads of states. We have, you know, early Bitcoin whales who only come if there's a tremendous amount of security. Our, our budget for security is usually the half the budget what other conferences have for their whole thing. You know, how do we have to shut down streets in, in Miami? So, you know, having to find sponsors that can help invest in this event are important. And, and more importantly, you know, I know not that we're sensitive about this, but, you know, people come to the conference and say, oh, it's a shitcoin conference. You know, it's, it's funny because from all of our sponsors, they have to be on Bitcoin. They're not allowed to advertise a single, uh, a single altcoin. We meticulously go through every single one of the sponsors. They have to fit a criteria. We turn down millions and millions of dollars of sponsorships because people don't fit that criteria, which they then get mad about and, you know, <clears throat> rent out a building down the street, which is totally fine. But I think it's important to note that, you know, these companies that want to support our conference are a huge part of what I think helps us make our conference great. Making something like the block clock, you know, working with Mempool to do that, but also the sponsorships that allowed the Expo Hall for us to, to build that out. You know, some companies decide to, you know, sponsor with us. They help us. That's tr that's that's unbelievable, and we're thankful for it. You know, others who don't fit the criteria, they have to go or don't really want to sponsor our event and have parties. That that's great too. But you know, that's not that's not revenue that we're able to have to help build a, a better conference. So really balancing. That and something I, I think people enjoyed the expo hall. I mean, love to see some thumbs up if people like it, you know. But you know, when you have something like Miners World, you know, in, in a year where miners, you know, were kind of given the back seat, it's something that we, we take a lot of a pride in and really start kind of building out that expo hall to have really innovative, creative ways. I'm not sure if everyone saw, you know, having El Salvador there, that booth was completely packed, but. You know, <clears throat> people sometimes don't want to get excited about sponsors, but it's a real big part of what allows us to host such a big conference. Yeah, I want to say something, too, on the, the sponsorship element. You know, our goal with the Bitcoin conference is to make the biggest and the best conference possible to represent the entire Bitcoin industry. So... I know Bitcoin Magazine itself is Bitcoin only, and we're focused only on Bitcoin. But some of the biggest, most impactful companies in Bitcoin are not Bitcoin only. And we, you know, one, we want them to be more turned on by Bitcoin. We want them to care more about the Bitcoin portion of their product set and to, and to emphasize Bitcoin as much as possible. And that's a big reason why we're, you know, we're encouraging them to to focus on Bitcoin and their Bitcoin products at our event and while we're reaching out to the entire industry to bring them together to this event. So, you know, a lot of people want the conference to be strictly Bitcoin only industry. And, you know, there's a lot of events that, that do that, but that's not necessarily what we're trying to build. And, and ultimately, we're trying to have an event for the entire Bitcoin industry and every person, speaker, entity that's within that, we're trying to capture that relevance. So that's really the key of like what we're trying to build. And like Mike said, like 
that's the only way that we can get to the the scale and the escape velocity to get all the other things that, you know, people expect out of the event. So it's really, really important that, you know, people kind of understand our goal here. So that way they can, you know, they can understand what we're doing and it makes sense to them. We got Carly, head of Wales and VIPs at the event. We got Nolan, who also worked with McShane on programming as a strategist. What's up, y'all? Good morning, Bitcoin. I'm happy we're doing this. I'm like, I've been moving a little slow this week. Our team works really, really hard. I think I clocked like 45 miles last week, and I, I didn't even scale the whole convention center because the deep was behind stage. So to, to get that many miles in is, is a lot. But yeah, good morning. GM. Nolan, how you doing, my man? I love life. I'm enthusiastic. It was a great couple of days, you know. I'm paying close attention to programming next year's event. You know, we've got to always lead on the education front because, you know, colleges and a lot of these people just can't keep up with what we're doing. So the event comes with a lot of responsibility, let's say, in programming, that you've got to be at the forefront of, of education and, and those kinds of things. And our audience is one of the most sophisticated in the world so they've got along with their sophistication sophisticated appetite let's say for for the most cutting edge stuff so we're already looking at what's going to be on the agenda next year that you've never heard of before so there you go you know i think it'd be good to talk about from the programming team as much as you as, as much as the team is working hard to program for next year how something like the rfk opportunity came up you know, a couple, two weeks before the conference actually happened, how we had to make changes to the schedule and how it turned out to be one of the, I think, the uh, better speeches that were given. That was something kind of new to us. So even though we have to plan way far ahead, that the ability for you guys to kind of, what, what was the process to accept something like that? Maybe it's some insight. I'm sure people listening are, are interested in that because that, that was a huge takeaway from this. Well, we, we'd been reaching out, you know, calling, texting, emailing rfk for months ahead of time trying to get him well a lot of you know some no responses or some mild interest same thing with vivek same thing with tulsi and uh, tulsi actually came in first and then rfk came in and you know it just kind of signals to the other politicians works with other kind of speaking sectors too hey there's this is a thing there is content being made there's something happening at this event you know, that's the place to be. You've got to be there. So we send out all these asks and kind of save room where we can in the agenda in case these high profile people, you know, say yes. There there, there were holds ready for some other high profile speakers that didn't come who, you know, would be excited to have in a year. There's, you know, there's a lot of allies of Bitcoin out there. And sometimes if they're the face of big movements or publicly facing companies, it becomes difficult for them to represent at a time when we're down, you know, 70% from the, the highs, right? It becomes, it just puts them in a difficult position. So you're going to get a very different outcome in a bear market like we are than you will in a bull market. So all that yeah. happening in the bear market, I'm even more excited for what's going to come. Next and after, and after. by the way, it was these spaces that started our pursuit of RFK because we were 
sort of trial ballooning the idea, like saying this guy, something's coming, something's brewing here. And we just were lucky enough that Carly had invited Max and Stacy one morning and they said, oh, we have his number. And so right here on the spaces, we just reached out right after and they, they gave us the number, but it wasn't that it was, you know, a dog on a bone. You just got to keep trying and keep pushing. And so that's what we did to get RFK, just, just a hundred percent asking for help, right? Everyone in this industry wants to help. So we made everyone know that we wanted them and it was a big priority and it worked out. And, and so that's, that's the story of those speakers. Thank you, Miami, for the last three years in this amazing city. The whole world shut down, but Miami welcomed us with open arms. We want to show Bitcoin to the whole world. We are taking the conference on the road to set the stage for Bitcoin in a new city. Nashville. Bitcoin 2024 is coming to Nashville in Tennessee. A city that is known as a music and freedom city. Bitcoin 2024 in Nashville from July 25th to 27th. Plebs, if you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, then you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's a free and a paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts Dylan LeClaire, Dr. Jeff Ross, and Sam Rule break down what's going on in the market so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com. Who was the biggest name that we didn't get this year that you're upset about? That would have been great. Kanye. <laughs> Yo, Kanye would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, Kanye, Elon, of course, Bukele, you know, we can't, we, he was one of those ones yeah. that you would have imagined we had kept some real estate free right to the end, thinking you never know, maybe he apes in at the last minute. So you got you to gotta think that way. It's harder to move things out to make space at the last minute, but, you know, we, we try to keep a few seats open for things like that. We also, we also had DeSantis keeping us waiting until literally the week of. The whole time being like, yeah, I'm super interested. Just got to make sure the calendar's clear. And then that, like, I guess maybe maybe the Friday before was just like, hey, too many scheduling conflicts. Can't do it. So he would have had a little uh, do Bitcoin speech at the conference as well. Would have been fun. Brandon, I, I also don't think it helped us when when he found out we were moving out of Miami uh, to Nashville. I, I, I feel like that answer came right after that. Right after we signed something else, all of a sudden he didn't want to be on stage talking to us while we then said, hey, by the, and two hours later, we're rugging it out of your, your state. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, you know, what also probably weighed in is in the end, we ended up with, let's say, two confirmed presidential candidates, two potential presidential candidates, so four total that may be, you know, trying to make moves in 2024, if you include Tulsi and Mayor Suarez. And so... Yeah, I mean, it started to get a little crowded in terms of people running for president at the conference. So maybe he also saw that as part of the calculus. You know, the only thing I would add to what McShane was saying is sometimes you you figure out really quickly that a speaker is just planning on coming or is like planning on being in Miami. And all of a sudden you get like five different people being like, hey, I think I can get XYZ speaker, you know. I'll give you the intro if I can be on stage with him or her kind of thing, which is which is always like a funny uh, like barrage to come all at once. So that happened with a couple of speakers this year. It was pretty entertaining. Yeah, you know, the, the real quick on the RFK one too, that ended up being after we reached out 
probably what, like a dozen times different ways. He ended up being inbound in the end. Someone reached out being like, hey, you know, I've been talking to RFK and he really wants to speak at the Bitcoin conference. Do you guys think you can make that happen? That's one of those things where you just kind of throw up your hands. You're like, yes, (laughs) of course we can make that happen. We've been trying for weeks. But yeah, no, I mean, it just worked out really well. And, you know, I, I personally think that that was one of the most impactful speeches we had at the event. I mean, you know, to reveal a little bit, I was sitting backstage along with a few other folks in the team and, you know, to take in that moment where not only you've got like kind of, let's say a, a Democrat who his party is maybe a little bit hesitant to embrace Bitcoin compared to some folks on the on the right. Not only is, is it, you know, a Democrat, but it's also, you know, a Kennedy. Let's, you know, let's not, you know, back away from kind of that aspect of it. And you have him on stage, you know, talking about his five point plan to protect the Bitcoin industry in the United States. And just to think back on, you know, Bitcoin 2019, some of the folks on stage were or on, you know, this stage were with us. And, you know, we launched this conference as just a platform to refocus attention on Bitcoin. And, you know, let's call that the beginning of the epoch. And here at the end of the epoch, to end it kind of with the presidential candidate, basically talk about his plan to protect Bitcoin in the United States. I mean, it just, it still gives me chills. It was a really emotional moment for us to just be able to think about the, the platform we've be, been able to build for Bitcoin and hopefully the positive impact we've been able to have for it. So, you know, I don't think it's a secret that we're huge believers in Bitcoin and our goal is hyper-Bitcoinization. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's just one of those moments where I think we were all in a bit of disbelief in terms of what we were able to, to try and do for Bitcoin. And, and, you know, hopefully it's just the start of something even bigger. So, yeah, I mean, real, real point of pride. Sorry to, sorry to brag a little bit. No, no, it was great. It was great to watch backstage. I think Alex McShane just kind of holding it down calmly. You know, some people were getting getting quite emotional. And then, you know, Rizzo walked back and so did two wizards. So as we had nonstop, you know, security surrounding all this, you know, the wizards were backstage watching this and prepping to go up as you were seeing, you know, such an important moment. It was a nice, I think, juxtaposition, actually, uh, what what Bitcoin's all about. I was just going to chime in and say, I, I don't think that people understand a lot of what goes on behind the scenes. I have to say on Friday, I was so impressed, obviously, by all of the talks, but What was going on behind the scenes, you guys, was we had so many high profile people that we had to make sure everything ran smoothly. I'm not kidding you when I say our team really worked very hard and to be able to have Michael Saylor, both Bill Millers, Tulsi Gabbard, RFK, Jack Maulers, the Winklevoss twins, and of course, RFK, all in the building at the same time with their own security moving about smoothly is, is no small feat. So I just have a huge hat tip to our entire team because it ran very smoothly and it takes a lot to pull something like that off. So that's behind the scenes is, is pretty incredible. I have a funny story about that, Carly. So we have a lot of obviously contractors and union workers that help us make the event possible day of on the ground that we're just meeting for the first time that week. Like we've never met these people before. We're going to put together a huge production with them. Many of them don't know anything about Bitcoin. It's, it's kind of interesting. So I have like this stage assistant who's running around trying to get people mic'd up and we've got like the Winklevi twins back there with their security chilling. And she just 
walks up to one with her clipboard and she's like, excuse me, are you Udi? <laughs> I'm just, I don't know, you know. It's just, it's craziness back there, Carly. You did a great job with all the whales. That's hilarious. That's so funny. I missed that part. I, w- I really wish I didn't miss that part. But yeah, that's what I just kind of want to give some cred and some kudos to to the whole entire team. It, it takes a village to pull something like this off and to have that many high-profile people in the building all at the same time, all with their own security, all entering different places and needing to be different places. It, it really, really is super impressive. So hat tip to the team for that. I, I just want to take a step back. As, as it's important to get the, I guess, high-profile speakers and names, that's a lot of signal for the outside world. Part of our job is, you know, as we try mainstream Bitcoin, we have to show the rest of the world that, you know, this isn't just a small group of people that, that, that care about Bitcoin. But obviously, our conference and our event, our festival, well, the big names, that's not our biggest focus. Unfortunately, that's our biggest attention and, and, and time and having to make sure it's perfect that they want to come speak. But, you know, obviously, this event is, is, is for the plebs and for every, everybody else who actually shows up, you know, the thousands and thousands of people that, that, that show up. So while we're trying to maybe give some background into how crazy it is to try to have to deal with all this stuff backstage and the coordination of all those things, you know, our focus is always on just the, just the normal Bitcoiner who's going to come and, and get a GA pass and, and try to provide them with, with, with the best experience. So I'm, I'm curious if we could share some of the insights from anyone on the team who thinks, you know, some of the little things that we did, hopefully, to make this event great for a first-time Bitcoiner. There was a lot of people who kind of walk in and this is their first impression. This is their first Bitcoin event that, you know, a friend brought them. They walked in and kind of, you could tell because they're kind of, their eyes are open and they said they couldn't believe that this is, you know, this is what Bitcoin's about. Love for someone to share some of the things that we work on to make that possible. Yeah, I mean, I just want to jump in here and say that, you know, in terms of the actual event, you know, we have the main stage, we have four other stages, including the news desk. And we also, we really do our best to help and facilitate a super successful uh, Bitcoin week. So all the side events that happen, you know, one, we're encouraging people to plan them. Two, you know, if you are, if you're planning one that is relevant to Bitcoin, aka it's not shilling something else, you know, we are putting it on our site, we're putting on a spreadsheet that we're distributing across uh, the uh, the attendance base, like we're doing our best to make sure those events are super successful. So, you know, I hear a lot of Bitcoin plebs who, you know, we're planning this event for, you know, say things like, oh, the real conference is the open source stage, the mining stage and Bitcoin week. Well, it's like, hey, we planned that for you guys. We made that happen, right? We We made that successful too. So, you know, don't forget that, you know, when we're planning this event, like we are literally planning every detail from when you get out of your Uber, to, you know, where you're going to party, you know, obviously there's a lot of, you know, people in the community who are actually planning those side events, you know, but we're definitely making it super possible and easy for them to be successful. And, and, you know, that's a really big portion of like how we create such a great environment around the conference as well. So it's not just the conference itself and, you know, getting through the line quickly and, and meeting all the people that you want to meet, but it's also, you know, everything that's happening around the conference too we definitely have a big hand in that i think that's what makes the bitcoin conference super unique that there's a lot for everybody you know you have a little bit of for the maxis 
a little bit for the newbies. So there's, I like how there's a huge balance between both, you know? And it's actually really hard to achieve that balance. I have a story. I had a friend who I invited to come to the conference. It was her first Bitcoin conference ever. And like just if I could show the long text messages of like tears, like I can't believe this is Bitcoin. Bitcoiners are my kind of people because she really got to witness not only just the, you know, all the main speakers like RFK, but, you know, walking around the expo hall and meeting people and just kind of getting to know the community. Um, it, it really made my hard smile and that like stories like that really they're the confirmation that we're doing something right yeah I, I love that point and i think i can speak a little bit to just that environment that we're trying to cultivate and all the way from when you first walk into the building you know hopefully if you attended somebody smiled at you gave you a, a warm welcome have that positive bitcoiner energy that hopeful optimistic you know we're changing the world energy um, i think i think nolan on this panel really demonstrates that we're, we're not going anywhere that, you know, this is actually the best way exposure in real life exposure to Bitcoiners, I think is, is the best way to learn about Bitcoin. And I think that Pat also is someone in charge of our experience does a great job of just making sure that at every turn, every square foot of, of the venue, you're being greeted in some way by, by something that is uplifting or artistic and inspiring. You know, I can also speak to the Bitcoin games. I think this this was an experiment this year. It was a, a first time event that we did, and uh, the the tournament aspect of it, where where meetups were competing, was was one thing. But what was surprising a little bit was just the amount of people who were just pulled in, you know, in between the official matchups, just to play cornhole or to play chess. And I think it was just a good opportunity for for people to get to know each other, just have side conversations in between the panels they were attending. And, and meet each other and get to know each other. And so that's a big part. And I think an underrated part of what happens at these conferences is that real relationships are being formed. I think that's important. it's important to point out that like, you know, here we are in a Twitter spaces. Bitcoin Twitter is a, is a huge place because it was allowed to happen, right? Jack Dorsey allowed Bitcoin Twitter to kind of really happen. But yet our community sometimes goes into their little clicks on Twitter. And what they believe maybe is sometimes the, the only Bitcoin way to do things. What I love about our company is that there are Bitcoiners that are new. Bitcoiners that have been around for, you know, eight years. There's, there's the hardcore laser-eyed maxis or whatever you want to call it. There's the ones that are, you know, Bitcoin first. And our event, it really has to bring all those people together. I know sometimes, and I find, I feel like it's a little naive when some people say, oh, you know, this conference is not Bitcoin enough. It's not, you know, I mean, this is how like religious wars started because someone was arguing that their version of Catholicism wasn't the real one. And it's so silly. What happens is when you see everyone in real life, what happens? Everyone's so excited to see each other. It doesn't matter what part of the Bitcoin, you know, rabbit hole you, you're in or, or how true and, and you are to, to Bitcoin. You're here, you're surrounded by other people, you can feel that energy. And as much as, as others who believe that they, you know, are this are the are the true word of Bitcoin want to 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 say that the event should be more, you know, Bitcoin only or whatnot. That's not the point. The point is that you want to meet different types of Bitcoiners, and when you meet them in real life, you have a totally different relationship. You know, I think even when some people were saying, "Oh, you know, I'm going to beat you up when I get there," and you know, other people were complaining about that, none of that happened. 
It was all positive. I don't think there was even like, we didn't even have to deal with any, you know, there, there was no negative behavior towards people. And when you see people in real life, that completely changes. So our job is to, is to actually create this little village for a couple of days and allow people to, you know, meet other people that maybe on Twitter, you wouldn't want to have that conversation with, or you, you know, you maybe you have them blocked. Well, you can't block that person when they're waiting in line for you to buy some sushi with the lightning payment. So, you know, that's the things that we want to facilitate. And that's why real life events are so very important. That's 100% true. I feel like people forget that there's different types of people and people like different things. Some people want to go to the conference to chill out, have fun, while others want to go and learn. And I feel like Bitcoin Magazine does really good in having a place for everybody. Yeah, and, and just to spell it out, right? Like, so you've got the miners, right? What did we do? We built a mining stage. We built the mining village. You've got the meetup goers. Now we got the Bitcoin games. You got the businesses. We got industry day and enterprise stage. You got the, the free and open source community. We got the open source stage. You got the, the casual pleb who just wants to kind of learn about uh, Bitcoin broadly. You got the Nakamoto stage. You got, I mean, like there's just so much that we're trying to do to cater to kind of every segment of the audience. One that we really even haven't dove into yet. We have both Dennis and Pat up here the art community. I mean, you know, Bitcoin is an engine for culture and, you know, there, you got to be able to kind of take care of, of the people who are kind of helping spread the memes, spread awareness through art and culture and taste. And so, you know, that's a huge thing what we focus on as well. I don't know if you guys want to jump in. Yeah, absolutely. And good morning, everybody. It's good to hear your voices again after seeing many of you in person. Yeah. You know, the art gallery, there's so much that I'm just immensely proud of. I, I think it was really high level. The goal is to create a museum level exhibition for artists that want to sell their work in Bitcoin. And we have a high standard and it comes with slings and arrows. I mean, I, I, I think I'm very proud of the, the scale and some of the things that we did this year. And I still see an immense amount of improvement that we need to make, which, you know, professionally is tough sometimes. Like I, I I want it to be better for the artists. But some quick highlights, because there was a lot. You know, Tomi's drive through experience, for those of you that saw it, was this McDonald's-themed activation. And she made all of these hand-sewn Happy Meals. And it became this great photo op for people. And, you know, she's a middle-aged artist that is interested in Bitcoin. And there's not really an environment for people like this. So she... She met the challenge and she really made an extraordinary thing that I think people enjoyed. Similarly, Pepe Leangelo came from Eastern Europe and built a installation on site. I mean, she improvised a means to make an altarpiece on site where you could uh, like kneel and pray to it. And there was even a little place where you could put your camera on the sculptures and film yourself doing it. It was it, it was both insane and incredibly entertaining, which I think is was was really enjoyed by people. We did one thing this year that had never been done before. We did you know an art ga gallery level exhibition called Progressive Mimetics that was co curated by Exnardo and featured his Orange Times piece. It was it was epic. This was like something you would see in an art gallery, and we. We had really high expectations, and I think I think we did it, and I'm I'm really proud of it. We had a a 25 foot by 12 foot mural by a Spanish artist named Luis Simo, 
this was our tribute to wartime Bitcoin and it was pretty epic. And I think, you know, it's based on the Picasso Guernica. It's actually a two scale replica of it. And it was our highest selling item and it was pretty insane. You know, Proof of Paint built or made a unique card deck that was featured in several places at our conference, including in our store. The art, the art that he put into this was an immense project and it was he, he it's something that people will be able to have for themselves and, and and it was really really spectacular you know we had a a and i i really would also like to call out george bodine who made a thank you hal painting live on site this was really special and uh, he he put an immense amount of work on, on site and uh, you know he's a friend of mine and i appreciate everything he did and then, you know, people got to see in person Crypto Graffiti's massive inflatable. It was featured by Bitcoin Games. And, you know, I think some people got to preview it months earlier at Bitcoin Park. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy that that could be a part of it. So there was there was a ton of different things. Ordinal Alley. I mean, Ordinal Alley, I think, was a professional exhibition space for a newly emerging aspect, hot button topic. But once I, I think once people saw it in person, they realized, you know, these a lot of artists are involved in this and this is an important conversation point. And, and I think we gave it a really high level presentation, which, you know, I'm, I feel good about. So that's some of what, what, what went down. It was exhausting. I'm, I'm very tired. I'm going to go sleep now, but uh, it was great times. Yeah, Dennis Dennis totally earned it. He he killed it. Huge step up from last year and and just kind of jumping in on like the showcasing the the Bitcoin culture thing. I think that that's for me personally one of the 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 most enjoyable parts of this is is taking the Bitcoin culture and showcasing it, right? So there's it's all in the details too, right? So there's a bunch of little things we did to showcase that. We had a playlist running with Bitcoin music artists running throughout the entire time. The bazaar is a big focus for us to showcase, you know, the up and coming mom and pop shops, different craftspeople within the ecosystem. We had meme videos created by the community playing between sessions. And, you know, whether an average attendee notices it or not, as long as one person notices that, it's those little Easter eggs that I feel like, you know, get a picture, go viral, and just, you know, make people smile and, and appreciate the the details that go into it. So you know, props to the whole team, props to Dennis. We can't wait for next year. Hey, can I just say that this year's art gallery was the best art gallery that we've ever done. And, you know, the only feedback I have for it is like, we need to optimize the experience so that artists take home top billing. And I'm, I'm like talking against my own, my own book, but some of that art was just like, I, I felt like people were stealing it in the auction. I, it was like absurd, absurd prices. And I know it's a bear market, but it's like not that bear market. All right. So we got to, we got to like optimize it so that the bidding ends after the conference. And somebody sent me a DM about like maybe like letting on day one during industry day, like opening up the art gallery specifically so people could have like an extra day to like, hang out with the artists etc but yeah i thought this year's art gallery was amazing and pat for those of y'all that don't know pat pat runs product for us and he is the one who put together the the vision for the layout of the event and how everything flowed and how everything looked and all the different like cool pieces of the event and dude this year's 
flow and this year's experience, I think, was also the best we've ever had. So, really good job, guys. It was really an exercise in the city building. You know, we always say, like, our events, like, one part Burning Man, one part CES, you know, one part taking down the WEF, right? And if you look at some of those larger events, right, like, Burning Man literally builds a city. And I think that, that that's, like, our ultimate goal here, right? We built the town square in the middle with a large clock tower. We built different neighborhoods for the different sectors of our industry. And when you look at where the event's going, you know, city building is probably the best analogy and, and that's what we're striving for. Yeah, I got to give you another shout out, Pat. And, you know, I know it wasn't just you, it was the whole production team and including a lot of other great designers like Pedro and MV. But the floor plan this year was amazing. I really thought it was a massive improvement from Bitcoin 22. And, you know, is, you know, I think Carly said she walked 45 miles. You know, I probably walked somewhere around there as well. But last year I walked even more, right? So, you know, walking is great, but to some degree, having to do that much walking just to get lunch or, or having to sprint across the venue to get to a stage time, not a ton of fun. So, you know, I think a lot of the attendees really experienced the benefit of the changes that y'all made. And I'm really hoping we can take as many of those learnings as possible to Music City Center because it definitely took making mistakes to figure out how to do it right. And I think people don't appreciate the fact that like we just don't get that many iterations on this event. We've only done it four times now. So, you know, every time we do it, we learn a lot and we're greeted with new challenges. And then we have an entire year to show everyone how we fix those fix those issues. Hey, can, can I give a couple more shout outs while, while I'm here? So real quick, a shout out to Carly. The, like for those of you that, that were in the deep this year and got to try the whale experience, dude, it was 10x improvement over last year. And like the whale pass, you know, I, I know it's expensive and I know it's, it's, it's tough to get if you're not a speaker, but like this year, the value of the whale pass was just undeniably there. Like, uh, really just an awesome experience to be able to roll like right out of the stage into the, it was packed the whole time in the deep. The food was good. The massages, the IV drips, the, the, the speaker, speaker sessions, like the secondary speaker sessions where speakers can come off and do Q and a, or like smaller, more intimate, maybe more controversial content. Like I just thought that that was a, just a killer experience overall. And I've gotten so much positive feedback. And based on the pre-sales, the number of people buying whale passes, I think that that's a pretty broad sentiment. So really good job improving that. And then Nolan and McShane, it was y'all's first time running programming for us for, for the conference. Y'all did a really good job. You know, I'm, I'm never happy with the programming, never happy enough. And dude, there was killer content on, on every stage every day you know the only the only feedback i have to give on the content it's not really even a content problem it's, it's more like a production problem is industry day was too light on attendees which is i feel like it's always like that but like we need to like concentrate the stages or like minimize the footprint for industry day because we had some killer content on <clears throat> the nakamoto stage during industry day 
And like, I felt like bad for like David Marcus because it's like, uh, you know, he's got this like killer lightning content and we have like, you know, a couple hundred people in the audience for him. So that's like one thing we got to figure out product wise. But o- overall, the content was just fantastic and really, really good job. And then shout out to George. George really leaned into building out the meetup scene for this, this year's conference and the Bitcoin games. And it kind of seems like the Bitcoin games were like the shadow, the shadow favorite part of the event. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm scrolling through the audience. Can people who were part of the Bitcoin games give it a thumbs up if they, if they enjoyed that? Let me just see what people's reaction is to it. The photos from that were were spectacular. You know you're missing out when you see the photos afterwards. And you're like, wow, people look like they're having an awesome time. Yeah, no, the the pizza eating contest. I mean, dude, it was intense. I mean, and then I and then the afterwards, I met the guys from the Bay Bay Bitcoin Bay, which is the Tampa Bay Bitcoin meetup. Dude, oh my gosh, such passion. So actually, I, I actually think we have David on that note, George. I think we ha- we do have some announcements to make regarding the Bitcoin games. Correct. We do. Yeah, I think I think a couple of the Bitcoin Bay folks are are going to be up here on stage in a little bit. Maybe the second half of this uh, space is so excited to hear what they have to share. Whoa, what whoa. whoa. Got it. <laughs> All right. And look, I think, and for everyone here who, who's listening, the nice thing is you can tell that this is a bunch of coworkers who like working with each other as we're giving, you know, lot, lots of props. And I think that's important. And I know we're all speaking publicly. I think it's also important to note that privately we're our harshest critics. And, you know, as everyone says, we're tired from the conference. We've spent the whole week. Everyone has said, how can we do this better? What can we do better? What can we make more? I mean, I, I watch Pat walk around and probably not even enjoy the conference he's already built because he's like, yes, next year we're going to do this. We're going to do that. I mean, our team is excited about next year and are talking. I think it's 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 important for people to hear that, that, number one, we would love to hear your critiques on what we can do better. The, a lot of our conference gets better because people have attended it. You know, and once again, I hate to say it. We trust people who've attended one of our conferences, not someone who, you know, is going to say on Twitter what we did wrong. But, you know, the people who attend our conference, thank you. But let us know what we could improve on. We get some, you know, we want to help build that out. And also we look for volunteers to help build that part of it out. That's also a great way to get involved in our conference. Or if you want to get a ticket, you can volunteer and we can, we can build some great things together. I think we're very open to that. So, you know, please feel comfortable enough to reach out to us on email or anything else like that and, and or DMs and, and, and bring up some things that we can improve on. But I think it's also important for us as a, a company, especially on the space, is what are things that we think we can make better for, you know, that, that we should be making better for next year? Well, I can definitely double tap what Mike just said. I actually remember Carly, my wife, and I were getting breakfast on Sunday right after the event, and I had to constantly interrupt the conversation saying, all right, I'm glad that we're talking about this, but let's take a quick break from work and like actually to and, and actually just try to relax. But it was just like, you know, every time we, we were talking about something normal, we ended up veering back into talking about what we're going to do for Bitcoin 24. So Carly, I know you can second me that that's an absolute true story, but we're obsessed with what we're doing. I'm literally sitting here LOLing. Yeah. You had to stop me too. We were, I forget where we were in a car ride going somewhere and I'm like, I want to do this and this. And you're like, how about you just celebrate what you just did? So yeah, we're, we're constantly wanting to iterate and, and improve. And David, thank you for the kind words, by the way, about the deep. We, we made the deep backstage into what it was this year based on feedback 
feedback that we got from last year. So it really, really does make a difference to our team to, to hear from the attendees and get feedback. And that is one of the biggest changes that we really focused on for the Whale Pass this year was curating all of these different moments and opportunities for our VIP Whale Pass holders to really be able to network. That was the the biggest feedback that we got was that, you know, they they buy this pass not necessarily to come and party in Miami. They don't need us to facilitate that for them, but they come to to talk and network and rub shoulders and figure out, you know, what companies they want to build and what companies they want to invest in. And so that was our our main focus with the deep backstage and even whale night was to, you know, create these moments where people could have very powerful conversations. And that came from the feedback that we got from Bitcoin 2022. So definitely feedback, always welcome. It, it just, it helps us make the experience better. Hey, can I, can I bring up another topic too, which is tickets. One thing that I'm like really, I guess, sensitive to, is like our tickets being too expensive overall. And, you know, we want the tickets to be like maximum accessible. We want everyone to be able to attend the the conference. And so I want to give some hacks real quick about how to get tickets for very cheap or for next to free. So way to get a really cheap ticket to the conference is to get a ticket right now. Like the tickets go up like three times from the beginning price. If you use the discount code on the tickets right now, it's 250 bucks. Okay, the amount of value you get out of this event for 250 bucks, it's like people like, like well, just, just do it. All right. I mean, if you're not even going to come, we allow you to transfer and sell the ticket when you get closer to the conference. There's lots of people that do that. You have to do a little bit of work, but you can actually sell the ticket for more than you bought it. So you have no excuse on that front. The, the second way to get a free ticket or – well, this is how to get a free ticket is we support open source projects with free industry passes. These are full access passes. If you find an open source project, you can go to the list that we supported this year. We're going to keep expanding the list, but I think it's a safe bet to look at the ones we supported this year. <clears throat> and you get a, a – you make a contribution to that project, to that project's GitHub you're going to get a free industry pass. Like, like we gave away, I don't know the exact number, 300 industry passes this year. I Who, wish. 160. 160. Okay, I'm sorry, people. I'm spreading fake news here. 160 industry passes to, <clears throat> to people that are contributing to open source projects. So that's just a super simple one. And it doesn't have to even be a software chain. I mean, it can just be like, hey, you helped improve the UI. You did translations. Like there's so many ways to get a, a, a commit. So that's, <clears throat> that's one thing. Then the third thing <clears throat> is if you want a free whale pass, like there's a couple ways to get a free whale pass. One way to get a free whale pass is to be a speaker to the conference. Okay, well, we have a pretty high bar. But every year we work really hard to get new speakers on stage doing new things that are exciting and cool. If you have something that you're baking up and working on that's super dope and you're going to make it happen this, this year before the next conference happens, like do it and tell us about it and get us, get us hyped about it. And like we will find you a speaking spot in the, comp in the programming somewhere and boom, you have yourself a whale pass. Or <clears throat> launch a startup, 
or be a part of a startup, compete in the pitch day, and and win, which is a tough a tough competition, but you can do it, and you get a free whale pass. So there's all sorts of ways to earn a free ticket to the conference. You know, it's not easy, and you got to work your ass off. But if you're willing to do those things, there's ways to get a free ticket for the experience you want to get. And if you don't want to do any of those things, just buy the cheap ticket now and, like, you know, coast. It's, it's up it's, to you, but we're trying to help you here. Well, I think it's important to note when you talked about identifying new speakers, you know, obviously our programming team is looking for that. But more importantly, you know, at Bitcoin Magazine, we're a media company that produces content all year round. So that is an excellent platform for smart people to to work with us, to share your ideas. Some of, you know, if you look at some of our best speakers, they started as contributors on Bitcoin Magazine, you know, where they were able to kind of get their thought out there, build up an audience. So, you know, obviously the conference itself is the pinnacle, is the, is the big part of our year, but we work all year round to spread more information about Bitcoin and build that Bitcoin community. So that's a great way for you to get active with our company, for us to notice you, build a relationship, and then obviously go down the stage. And, and David, thank you for telling all the ways that people can not spend money on, on our conference. We do have to, we do have to make money. So but that's the Bitcoiner and you're trying to tell people to buy the ticket now so they can resell it. And, and essentially our tickets now that that $200 mark, we lose money on it. So this is our way of trying to give that out to, you know, the most diehards and make it economically possible. Yeah, I was yeah. really quickly just going to double tap on that. Like the reason why we do the tickets so cheap, we are not making money on these tickets, right? Like this is below the cost of the event to be selling these tickets. Our whole goal is to make sure that if you are someone who supports the event and like, you, you know, you, you believe in what we're building, like we get you the cheapest possible ticket we can do while still, you know, be able to, to pay our bills tomorrow. Right. So like that is our goal here. We want to get you involved early. We want to get you excited. We want to get you confirmed. And then, you know, the people who buy at the last minute, those are the people who are really, you know, supplementing the price of your ticket. So that's just how kind of the, the you know, math happens on our end. Yeah, I also want to add on to David's list. If you are part of a startup and you apply to pitch day and you make it past the initial screening, you get two free industry passes. So we're trying to bring in as many startups as possible. We're trying to, even if you don't actually get to pitch, like you're getting passes to the event so you can come network, meet VCs regardless, still have those conversations because frankly, you know, these are the type of people who bring an enormous amount of value as people at the event. So we want you there. So that's a way to get more industry passes. And of course, those industry passes get upgraded to whale passes if you win. So we're definitely trying to, to get tickets to people. You can become an affiliate and earn a ticket. You can earn a free flight and a whale pass yourself if you kill it at being an affiliate. Lots of people do that. Lots of people make, you know, eight, five figures plus, you know, this is a really good product to be an affiliate to. It's a product that renews every single year. We have a great affiliate program that's getting very sophisticated. So reach out to us on that front. And then, yeah, like Mike said, Bitcoin Magazine, we love contributors. If you contribute to Bitcoin Magazine, you get special um, access and opportunities as well. We have a special contributor community. So you can contribute to Bitcoin Magazine by emailing editor at BitcoinMagazine.com. And, you know, you know, ultimately, this is a big tent event where all of the Bitcoin industry and the Bitcoin communities come together. That's what we're trying to build. And like, that's why we have all these opportunities. 
I'm sorry, Mike, I got to share like three more ways that you can get free or discounted tickets because we didn't talk about volunteers, really. If you, if you join our volunteer program and you serve at the conference, you earn a free ticket. If you're a student and you have a .edu email address, you get a severely discounted ticket. We also have our meetup attendee program, which rolled out this year. If you attend eight meetups that are part of the Bitcoin Magazine meetup network, you can earn a 50% discount off any ticket as well. The whole point here is that we want everybody to be able to, to attend and we don't want the price of the ticket to be the reason that people don't attend. So definitely reach out to us if price is the issue. We are obsessed with getting as many people there as possible, regardless of price. Or be a kid. Let's, 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 yeah, I think sure. there's a lot of kids this year. I think everyone saw a lot of kids this year. We try to make sure that tickets, there's a lot of parents who are proud that they're in the Bitcoin space and they, and they bring their kids. I think with a parent ticket, kids can come free. I think we're always working on the ages. And next year, Nashville is going to be during the summer. So I think David always wants to probably share a little bit, but we heard back from the community, how can we have a place for kids and whether that's like a kid camp, but there's, there's a lot of ideas brewing around because, you know, Truthfully, our conference thinks that Bitcoin is for the kids. So trying to build out something there so that parents can come, whether they drop off their kids or meet with other Bitcoiners, there's a lot to do. So if you're a kid, convince your parents to buy a ticket. That's how you get them for free. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a great point, Mike. It, the conference is for the kids. And, you know, I, I already tweeted about this, but we are, you know, I don't know if you can hear my kids in the background right now making all sorts of noise. But, you know, the, the, old, the old Bitcoiners here that, you know, got into this when they were in their young, young early 20s and now they're in their, you know, old man 30s, they have families now. And so a lot of people want to bring their families to this. And so I, we were approached by a lot of people this year about adding a, a summer camp. You know, I hate to tell this crowd this, but we're going to start running ad campaigns like they do for, for kids toys where, you know, we teach your kid to just scream, scream at mom and dad for a ticket to the Bitcoin conference until they crack. So I apologize in advance for that, but it is happening. And yeah, I think I think a summer camp for kids at the conference in Nashville would be just a super dope experience. My wife had this idea, we need to like have the kids run like basically, you know, a lemonade stand equivalent and like arts and crafts stands at the conference and allow people to come by and, you know, spin sats with our, the, you know, all of our kids running some shit show business for a couple of days. So that could be, you know, a startup summer boot camp that would be kind of cool. So anyway, as you can see, people, this is a, this is a passion, passion project and we eat our own dog food here. So, yeah. I want to talk about some like content sessions, honestly. One of my favorite sessions, and I just thought it was absolutely incredible to have been able to bring all of these people together, but it was the lightning panel with Elizabeth Stark, David, David Marcus, Miles Sutter, and it was moderated by Mackenzie from CNBC. I mean, one, you know, three of the most impactful builders, potentially in lightning. You know, I think David Marcus is still early in shipping his product, but Elizabeth obviously pivotal in building up the infrastructure, Miles at Cash App, you know, David becoming such a huge advocate of Lightning after switching from Facebook's project as a massive endorsement for Bitcoin. You know, I, I really love that panel. I thought it was really excellent. I'm curious what other folks think in terms of like content highlights. 
That's actually, that's a really good example of a panel CK where it's like we have these three, I mean, really four with McKenzie kind of giants in the space that are best in class at what they do. No idea what we want to do with them yet individually and individually, maybe perhaps keynotes for each don't quite make sense. So you start to put two and two together and, you know, before you know it, they've all FOMO'd in. I mean, these are all people who are like, I'm not doing a panel. I'm a keynote, you know, and then they just have the best of time talking shop on stage with each other. So it's just like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of synchronicity and close relationships in the Bitcoin space. And it's really fun to kind of highlight some of those on stage and bring people together. I mean, it's, I, I like to say it's the biggest networking Bitcoin and finance event in the world for both those on stage and off. So, you know, I personally haven't had a chance to watch any of the content yet. I was running around the entire time. Can't wait to, to you know, take a week and just sit on YouTube. But, you know, one thing that I do think is interesting kind of on this note is a theme that we're going to be wrestling with a lot at Bitcoin Magazine over the next year and going into the next year's conference is scaling Bitcoin, right? It's crazy that it's kind of coming back. But clearly, right before the, the conference, there was this huge fee bloat on Bitcoin. And, you know, it's something that in 2017, we, we kind of, you know, implemented SegWit and, and didn't, you know, increase the block size because we were like, well, in the long term, we need high fees on Bitcoin, right? And, you know, in that moment, it was clear that some of the infrastructure just around Lightning itself, like, wasn't quite built out yet, and it wasn't at scale. And there are new use cases being brought to Bitcoin through, you know, some of the ordinal stuff. And so, you know, figuring out how to basically get more and more people focused on building L2s and building, you know, products and platforms for people to utilize Bitcoin in a, you know, cryptographically secure way while not being able to get, you know, just absolutely eaten up by fees. Like that's going to be the challenge of the next epoch because we're going to be onboarding the world to Bitcoin. And so I think that something that we're going to be challenged and, and wrestling with is how do we support that as, you know, Bitcoin Magazine, as a conference, uh, to make sure that those new ideas are being tested out on Bitcoin and being built out. So, you know, one thing we've kind of tossed around is we love hackathons. It hasn't made sense for us in the past years. My team is rolling their eyes because I always push for us to do a hackathon. But maybe this is the year we finally bring back the hackathon to the Bitcoin conference and really start, you know, pushing people to to build the new product, to build the new company that or to build the new open source you know, solution that really pushes kind of some of the, the layered scaling ideas forward. I got to jump in and talk about Michael Saylor and Bill Miller's talk. I was pretty mind blown at how Saylor's thinking about Bitcoin and I'm loosely kind of paraphrasing, but he was talking about scaling this and bringing this into, you know, the McDonald's, the Coca-Cola's of the world. And I think the way he was explaining it was, you know, forget spending money on a bunch of ad dollars. I want these companies to buy millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin and offer them as rewards. So you download the app and you get a reward in sats. You engage in marketing content and you get a reward in sats. And he basically called sats the universal frequent flyer mile. And he said that, that, you know, the universal frequent flyer mile is the Satoshi and the Lightning Network is the way to deliver that to people. And I was kind of mind blown at how he's thinking about things. So to me, that that's very exciting when we talk about hyper-Bitcoinization. If you haven't listened to that talk with him and Bill Miller, highly recommend going to listen to that. 
No, that was an incredible one. And, you know, the amazing thing is like the, this idea of like, the, you know, the sat potentially being like this universal, you know, gift airline miles, gift point, you know, reward system. That's something that we take advantage of at Bitcoin Magazine with the Bitcoin Magazine app. You can earn sats by reading our articles, scan flash codes, do other kind of tasks or, you know, fill out a survey or whatever for us and redeem the sat using the sats using our app. So that's one way we do it. And it's just not a new idea, but, the, but this idea, it's, it's actually propagating, right? This idea is making its way into the people who can actualize it at scale. And I think that that's super, super bullish to see these kind of like tried and true Bitcoin concepts that Bitcoiners have been talking about for a long time, actually start making their way out into, into the real world. Such a great point. I guess it isn't a new concept. I think just the way I heard him explain it and how big he's thinking about it just got me really, really excited. So love it. Say was the best at that. He can he can explain. Hey, people, uh, so I, well. I have to run, but I just wanted to say one last thing before I bounce. You know, I just want to give a, a shout out to our whole organization. You know, I said this on a different space yesterday, but I think it's worth saying twice. You know, I, it was a pretty punk rock decision that was driven by this team and organization to move the conference from Miami. We're, we're the number one conference in the industry. Like, this is a pretty big business in the scheme of things. And, you know, we basically said the most important thing for the conference is to keep it fresh to keep it new to make it a dope experience and so we basically made the non-business decision that every other business would make which is to like stick with the known commodity stick in the known place do the run the formula and instead like we said fuck it let's just make the best event possible for as many people possible and let's just fucking risk it all. So pretty fucking badass team we have up here. You know, the times that we've said that before, we made that decision when we decided to go Bitcoin only and everyone thought it was reckless. We made that decision to be the first big, be the first conference in the world back from COVID. And, you know, people literally called us serial killers for doing that. And now we've made the decision to move the event again and make Bitcoin Conference 2.0. And I am so fucking amped for what we're going to be able to do for next year's conference. And I look forward to us being able to blow all of y'all's minds. So thank you all for your support. Thank you all for joining us in Miami. For those of y'all that miss Miami, you missed a very special chapter in the, in the history of this event. Don't miss the Nashville chapter. So, all right, much love, much respect. Thank you to this team. Shout out to Brandon, who led this event for us, top to bottom. Um, and uh, people, I will see you on Twitter. Ciao. All right, that was uh, David Bailey, the, the CEO of our company, our fearless, fearless leader. We just wanted to make sure everyone realizes that going, what also going to Nashville allows us to do. We like to think that hopefully – People enjoyed Miami. They were surrounded by Bitcoiners. A lot of people who would never even go, maybe have gone to Nashville, don't have a reason to. Now they get to travel there with thousands and thousands of Bitcoin and their friends. So Bitcoiners are going to take over the whole city. I would like to point out, as we stated earlier, working with the city 
They've absolutely been wonderful. They're so excited to have us there. Not only are we using that to, we're working with the convention center to try to orange pill the 1,200 businesses as part of their group, which is obviously part of our philosophy moving the conferences to use as an economic engine to get businesses to pay attention to this. But more importantly, we're talking about exclusive events that even if you went to Nashville and you, you know, had a big party and, and tried to do everything, you wouldn't be able to have access to these things. So the city and some of the, the partners there and have, are really creating these unbelievable opportunities that no one could even get, even if you tried to vacation there. So that's something that by bringing an event like this and a group that we can negotiate. So we're excited to do that. We didn't really have an opportunity to do that as much in Miami. That wasn't kind of the, the playbook. And not only are we going to try to, we're spending the whole year now working with Nashville to Orange Build them. We're creating that as a framework for how we can do that for, for other cities. So that's something that we're, we're really looking to do is, you know, we want to show the world who Bitcoiners are and we want to show Bitcoiners the world. So that, that's part of the philosophy for, for Nashville. I just want to make sure that everyone's aware. So if you have good ideas or if you're in Nashville or if there's other things that we, other events that have been successful for how they've entered a city, we'd love to hear from you. What's up, BDC Sessions? How's it going? Welcome to the stage. I have a story, you know, that really kind of just echoes exactly what Mike said. Yesterday, the MicroBT team came over. They made an amazing announcement about their new world-class hardware at our event. But they were visiting Nashville, checking it out on their U.S. tour. And I got the pleasure to hang out with their team pretty much starting from lunch and then until they all went to bed. But they were absolutely blown away by Nashville. You know, one of the big topics was, wow, there's so much going on in this city. But yet it is like, you know, 4% the size of a massive Chinese city. So like, it's a small city that's just absolutely packed with so much stuff to do. We went to Kid Rock's Honky Tonk. They absolutely loved it there. They were rocking and rolling. We walked around and you know, kind of, you know, went through Printer's Alley and everything that's going on in and around where the conference center is actually at. You know, this is all within kind of like a mile radius. And we had so much fun, ate such good food. And, you know, they were having an absolute blast. So, you know, these folks, you know, coming from across the world and loving Nashville, you know, I think a lot of the people who have come to the Bitcoin conference in Miami are absolutely going to love Nashville as well. I'm kind of excited. I feel like Nashville is pretty cool. Like seeing that part, that part of the States, because I feel like Miami is very international and Nashville is very country. You have the strip, the cowboy hats, the, what are the, what are the, the line dances? Are we going to have line dances in the Bitcoin conference? That would be kind of cool. I don't know if Bitcoiners can dance, frankly. <laughs> Might be too too much coordination. We are going to have Bitcoin battle the bands because almost every single bar venue has an unbelievable stage with great musical performances. Something I saw was happening as Samson was playing Nirvana. We saw videos of that. We're like, yeah, we got we got to get a bunch of these Bitcoiners up here to you know to perform some music. Bitcoiners can rock, that's for sure. Something I'm really excited about for Nashville is like you walk around. Miami Beach, you know, at this year's event and just in the surrounding area, like one out of 10, you know, one out of 15 people you see have the lanyards, they have the wristband, you can spot other conference goers, but there's still like a huge, huge crowd in Miami, right? There's still a lot of people. Nashville, as CK mentioned, like that couple mile radius, 
like it's going to be nine out of 10 people wearing Bitcoin conference wristbands. So the, the conference is going to spill out into the city. It's going to be a, a true citywide takeover that I think is going to be really cool as like the, you know, you go into the evenings, you go out to the surrounding areas. It's just going to be Bitcoiners everywhere. It's, it's going to be a blast. And that's something that you don't see it in Miami because I feel like the city's super big. So you can only see all the Bitcoiners that are in the conference, either at the conference or if you all plan to go at event to an event outside. Well, and also, we're not going to do a mechanical bull and natural. We're going to do real bull riding. So we know everyone like that. What? We, yeah, we're, you're, you're first, Isabella. We're putting you on there first. So That would be amazing. I've never been on a bull. Oh, man. Oh, we have some really good liability waivers. <laughs> I was just going to say, D's in the audience listening like, oh, boy. <laughs> we're going to need some insurance for this. Mike, you're taking the dunk tape to the next level. So I'm gonna see how bullish you really are. I, I don't know. By that point, a Bitcoin for the for the person who lasts the longest, you know, might be something we should work on. I'm also excited just to see where all of the side events, whether they're distillery tastings, there's really great breweries, there's whiskey, there's great shooting ranges, gun ranges, indoor, outdoor. There's just going to be a lot of opportunity for Bitcoiners to hang out with each other. And I, I keep telling all my friends with kids, think of this as your you know, family summer vacation. There's water. You can get on a boat. You can, you can do a lot of things that I think there are possibilities in Miami, but a lot of the stuff is prohibitively expensive, especially when you're bringing your family. So Start planning now, people. <laughs> Whiskey tasting sounds pretty good to me. Sessions, you've been to all the conferences. You've been to San Francisco. You've been to Miami. Now you're going to be coming to Nashville. What are you excited about? I mean, I've never been to Nashville, so this is going to be a, a whole new thing for me. And I, also from what I hear, what people are, you know, what's been built there with like the the dudes doing Bitcoin Park is incredible, and there's already a great community of Bitcoiners there. So I think that's huge. I love the idea of the conference beginning to not be associated with a single city, but be more mobile, and and it kind of gives opportunity to people in different parts of. I mean, obviously you guys do Amsterdam as well, but like people from all over the different different states and different countries and everything get this kind of exposure to i guess how much interest there is in this thing and you know there's been a lot of talk about again busting out of our our echo chamber i think it's just our echo chamber has grown so large that people can't help but notice. <laughs> and so it's just, it's not that, you know, we've, you know, I, I, I feel that it's people just can't help but join it when they, when they see how much is going on. I mean, I, again, with, with the speakers you guys had this year and, and the, the interesting part of the speakers that you had this year uh, with, for example, RFK, it wasn't just, Hey, I'm famous, and also I'm going to say the word Bitcoin. It was, and I don't know what what you know behind the scenes, how these people are learning and everything. But like the RFK speech, 
like dude appeared to know his shit like whether or not you know he's he's got people like obviously he's got people helping him along the way with learning but like he he hit all the points that are kind of hot button and important to to bitcoiners again like right to mine right to own and hold your own keys right to run a node treating all energy the same instead of like you know singling out a single industry for using energy while not touching others there there were so many interesting things i'm i i can't wait to see the kinds of people that begin joining in in the coming years because like if this is the threshold we're at right now and you've got presidential candidates that that are coming to speak on these topics and asking to come to speak on these topics. I mean, what's it going to be next year? What's it going to be the year after? Like, holy crap, things have changed so much. And CK, you said, yeah, I've, I've been to all of them. And 2019 was like a couple thousand people, you know, and, and it was really, it was still really cool because, you know, Edward Snowden was like the, the keynote and, and that was awesome to be sitting in the room as as he spoke to everybody at the conference there but man things have changed in terms of in terms of the the magnitude and and the implications of of the type of people that are are starting to be interested in defending and spreading the word of this so i can only imagine what's going to come out of nashville let alone 2025 and and beyond and i also think it's important that we, you know, it, us as Bitcoiners in general also, and I know you guys do this, you know, take feedback of like what was awesome, what can be worked upon because it, it just contributes to better experiences. And and if I had one piece of advice for people that, that go to these things, you know, go with intention. You know, it, obviously you, you have think times where you're just going to wander around and take it all in, but also go with intention. What do you want to get out of this? What is the, where, what do you want to hone in on? And, uh, you know, if, if you're looking to learn certain things, looking to experience certain things, you can very much curate your time in a way where you're going to get a little bit of everything and come out of this uh, much more knowledgeable and having had a great time. And, and that's what I learned from last year to this year. I was able to curate my time a lot better and get to the talks, see the floor, get to the side events. And, and I honestly, I didn't have a moment of downtime for like a week. It was crazy and it was wonderful. And yeah, thanks for having me. Ben, real quick before you jump off, you know, in RFK speech, you know, he brought up how he kind of got turned on to Bitcoin and he credited the the truckers and what happened to the truckers in Canada. You know, obviously you had a had a role in that. Like, how, how, how does that like feel to like have heard that story? It it was insane. If you would have told me, I, I mean, especially it was such a stressful time like that, that period of time not knowing what was going to happen, seeing everything devolve in a matter of, you know, two to three weeks from the time the protest started to the emergencies act, which is, you know, like a, a, a light flavor of, of martial law 
bank account shut down, all of the stuff that happened so quickly. And on top of that, raising one one millionth of all Bitcoin that will ever be created for a single cause. And then if you had told me in that moment that, you know, a, a year and change later, there would be not just a presidential candidate, but a Democratic presidential candidate citing that as his one of his reasons for seeing why Bitcoin was important. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes the, the stress of that time, it, it makes the lessons learned and everything all that more important. And I also, I, I do want to give a huge shout out to David Bailey, Bitcoin Magazine, everybody there, because, you know, a lot of people, I mean, it, it was it was obviously public, but a lot of people don't know behind the scenes, like David was, you know, on the phone with me and, and offering words of support and, you know, how can we help you and everything. And that, you know, all those things, they, they really meant a lot. When you guys did the like honk hats and everything, like I'm looking at mine right now, sitting up on my shelf and it's it's one of my more treasured possessions because coming out of that time like it was i was not doing okay i was i was like just having anxiety attacks i was freaking out i didn't know if i was going to be able to you know i I didn't know if police were going to kick in my door i didn't know if i was going to be able to ever leave the country or if i did leave the country come back to it it was just a big question mark and so to come through all that and then again, have your guys support and then also have it cited by a number of people as the moment that they realized Bitcoin was important, you know, you know, looking back in retrospect, it, it makes everything kind of all worth it. And like as stressful as it was, you know, I, I would, I would do it over again. I would improve upon it. And I'm, I'm excited to speak on that in the future. I'm going to be doing some talks about it, but but yeah, it, it was amazing. And uh, thank you guys for all that support and really cool to see people talking about it now and learning from it. I just want to hop in. because I'm glad I asked that question. Sorry. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> VGC session. Cheers, man. <laughs> thank you so much, Carly. I'm going to pass it to you. I'm actually going to bounce. Thank you, everyone who came to the event. I really encourage everyone to go to Bitcoin 2024. Huge shout out to the team and huge shout out to everyone who is so passionate about what we're doing that they're giving us, you know, their, their honest feedback, their critical feedback. You know, I know sometimes it's difficult not to, you know, brush it off because obviously we're proud of what we've done, but at the same time we appreciate it and we see the passion and we have the same passion. So thanks everyone. See you in, in, in Amsterdam next. So Bitcoin Amsterdam, October 12th and 13th. And then obviously Bitcoin 2024 in Nashville, baby. So CL, later. Peace. Later, CK. Sessions, wow. I was just going to comment and say, you know, when the, when the stuff was going on with the truckers, we knew it was a pivotal moment in history. A lot of people played a huge part in that. And I just wanted to reflect for a second because... Hyper-Bitcoinization happens like a domino effect, and one thing leads to the next. And what we saw happen with the truckers opened the eyes of many people, including RFK, and that was the next domino where he said, okay, I want to learn about Bitcoin. I want to, you know, see see how this, you know, changes the game for things. And 
I think it's pretty interesting that he comes out at our conference taking a very pro-Bitcoin stance. And then, in my opinion, maybe it's a coincidence, the next domino that falls this week is DeSantis comes out and makes a run for it and also takes a pro-Bitcoin stance. And so I just, I'm so proud of everything that all Bitcoiners are doing. It, it all counts. It all matters. This, this is a movement and every single person that's part of it, whether you're a pleb or a speaker or an event organizer or an educator or a creator, it all matters. And the dominoes are falling and it's a beautiful thing to see. I just echo that. I, again, when your examples, you've got a, a Democrat and a Republican. And and you get you see people from all sides honing in on Bitcoin and realizing their value there. And so I, I think it speaks to the fact that Bitcoin is kind of a mirror for your own values and what you see in it and the value that you see in it can very much be based on things that are important to you. And the reason for that is it's useful to everyone. Like, I mean, unless you're, unless you're like Christine Lagarde or Augustus Carson's or Jerome Powell, maybe it's not super useful for you, but outside of, you know, an elite group of people that control the money today, it's very useful for everyone. And so if, if you value, you know, freedom, if you value censorship resistance, if you value being able to store the fruits of your labor in a way that cannot be infringed upon, and that's most people on the planet, then Bitcoin is for you. And I think more and more people are realizing it. They're just coming to it through different paths. And I can't wait for more people to join. Yeah, last week, history was made at the conference, for sure. RFK's speech really reminded us how simple the truth is and how quickly the dominoes can start falling, like Carly was referring to it. You guys, this conversation has been amazing. Before we sign off, I really want to do a little bit of a story time. We have a few people here. Isabella, you were doing backstage interviews with pretty much 99% of the speakers. Do you have any fun stories to share with us? What's up, guys? Of course, I have fun stories. I think we've been posting them little by little to show the, the magic that happened backstage. I think having a backstage section and being able to speak with all the speakers that would come off the stage was pretty cool because they would come off of this high. Think about it. They're talking in front of 10,000 people. They're on this adrenaline rush and they would come off stage smiling, high on life, having to share their experiences. And I had to... Well, now that we were talking about the presidentials and the candidates, one of them that we had to talk to was Vivek. And I'll, advance, I'll show a little sneak peek of what's going to, one of the videos that is going to be published about Vivek speaking to us. And I don't know if you guys have seen the Bitcoin magazine cover, how it's Julian Assange. And we had this thing where they would put the cover on their face and we would take a picture of them. When Vivek grabs the magazine cover, he's like, oh, who is it? And we're like, oh, it's Julian Assange. He's like, you know what? He looks super sad in this 
in this cover. I said I would pardon him and then puts the cover on and we take the picture. So it was like moments like that when you see such important figures and having a change of thought and trying to like make things right was kind of one of the coolest things. We had the privilege of talking to Adam, Jack Mallers, all these really important people and they had to like let loose, answer some fun questions. One of my favorite was that would make them think was if you were going to dinner with Satoshi Nakamoto, what is one thing that you would ask him or her or them? And that question would just make all of them think. Obviously, I'm asking you guys now if you have any thoughts. Like, what is one thing that you would want to ask to Satoshi Nakamoto? What would it be? But yes, I'm asking you guys. Hey, um, Isabel, this is great. I just want to make sure, real quick, I know we don't have a lot of time and we have an important announcement. I'm just going to switch things here. Our, 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 our amazing host, we have a rare passenger that I would love to invite up to the stage because we have an important announcement to make. I think we talked a little bit about the Bitcoin games. This was something we did new. I want George, George would love for you to tell a little bit about the Bitcoin games. I know we talked about a little bit, but we have some new information to share with everyone, some exciting stuff. And we wanted to invite the champions to the stage because they have an announcement of what they plan on doing with the Bitcoin that they won. Love it. Yeah. So as they're making their way up to the stage, I'd love to share some background. So the Bitcoin Games was an, an effort really to spotlight the great work that's happening in local Bitcoin communities around the world. We've been growing our, our meetup network and, and really meetups are not a new idea. They've been happening for a while, but in the, I think in this cycle, they've really started to take shape and grow more. You're seeing a, a ton of really good success in places like Nashville, places like Austin, the UK, and many others. Our, our meetup network is now up to 160 plus different meetups. So in a conf- at a conference where there's tens of thousands of people, it's hard to highlight the work that's happening in specific locales. And so the games was a way to try to do that. How do we make, how do we give the, the spotlight to Austin or to Tampa Bay? And so we thought of an idea to have them compete. And, you know, Bitcoiners are competitive. I don't know if you've noticed this, but we like to talk shit and we like to win and we like to be right. All those things are perfect for competition. And so we put together a series of games and we had about 70 teams pre-register. And what was interesting, too, was not just the execution on site at the conference, but the process leading up to it. We had a lot of really like great conversations with these meetup organizers and that was really part of the point too, was, was having meetups and their organizers reflect on really what it is that they're doing. You know, it's, it's one thing to put together a meetup every couple of weeks, get Bitcoiners together to talk about Bitcoin, have a few drinks, learn about how to set up a node. It's another thing to be really intentional about community building and bringing people in from your neighborhoods and from your locales and having that be actually the strategy for quote unquote orange billing people. Um, and so that that's kind of the, the subtle shift that we're trying to make is encouraging that to be people's next steps. Come out to your meetup, meet local Bitcoiners, get to know what we're about. And at the same time, it's on organizers to to really get organized. And what we found was a lot of organizers hadn't considered some of these questions. And the games provided that opportunity to really 
figure out who are your leaders, you know, what kind of, de- who, who makes the decisions, who's really committed to this, who's going to be in Miami with you, who's willing to compete. And also critically, what would you do if you want a full Bitcoin? What would you do? How would you steward resources? Because that's an important question for sustaining any sort of community development effort. All right. So the games, five events started with cornhole and chess on day one. That was the qualifying round out of the 70 that pre-registered about 24 teams actually ended up making it all the way through the, the, the rounds of, of registration, signing all the waivers, all that kind of stuff. And so the 24 teams after the first round, which was on GA day one, the field got reduced to 12 teams, which moved on to the speed signer challenge, which was to see who could put together a seed signer hardware signing device, the fastest. That Out of those 12, we took the top six who competed in the pizza eating competition, which I think was one of the highlights of the event, at least for me. And the top two from the pizza challenge moved on to Pleb Feud, which was a Bitcoin spin on, on Family Feud, which was hosted by our very own Mike Germano. And that was a great time. And obviously, I'm not, I'm not sure how closely people are following the conclusion of the Bitcoin games, but there, there was a little bit of controversy at the end. And I think we have our friends from Bitcoin Bay here to share a little bit more about that. But Mike, I don't know, I'll pass it back to you. I'm not, sh- not sure if I missed anything. Yeah, well, look, we just want to be very clear here. We had the, the team that won and in, in the team that won the Pleb Feud. Unfortunately, they didn't meet some of the criteria of just having the having all their participants being from their local group, which was an unfortunate oversight on their part. So they, they were disqualified for that. And so... The Bitcoin Bay team, which was had come in second, and I hate to say, you, and we'll probably post the game show, but all the person had to say to win the thing was, not your keys, not your coin, uh, uh, and it was printed, or no, don't trust verified, it was printed on a shirt. So it was a, it, was, it came down to the final, final second, but what ends up happening is we had to go back, and since we're Bitcoiners and we're all about the rules, we wanted to make sure that we follow the rules, and... This was so successful, we want to continue to do it. So even though they didn't get a hold up, um, we, we didn't get a hold up the trophy right then and there on the stage, the Bitcoin Bay team was uh, informed last night that they will in fact be the ones who won the competition and will be receiving the Bitcoin. So we want to let uh, one of their members speak now. And I also, if we can host, I guess Bitcoin Bay's Twitter handle is also now here. If you could also invite them to come speak. But I'm going to pass it over to the Bitcoin Bay team, talk about their experience, and uh, I guess what they plan to do with the Bitcoin. Hey, good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? Good morning. All right, perfect. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. We had a lot of fun at the games. And, you know, things being what they were, we really appreciate what you guys have done for us. And also, you know, just keeping it fair and real. I mean, everybody was so excited, like, once we got into the games, I mean, especially those who were there for the pizza eating contest, hopefully everybody had some fun watching that. And your, and your member Harambe was the first, per- the goal was, I think within six, six minutes, the first one to finish high or the most that they could finish. And your team, I guess goes by Bit- your member who goes by Bitcoin Harambe, ate the yep. entire pie and almost ate the box. And I'm not joking. <laughs> and he is a gigantic person and someone stole his pizza trophy we have this beautiful pizza trophy and someone actually stole it in the middle of the celebration. And I would not steal anything from that guy because that guy looks very big. But yeah. if you don't get it back, we're going to name the pizza eating contest trophy after him for, for, for next year. But oh, uh, hell yeah. you guys destroyed that part of the competition to make the finals. Yep. Harambe, I mean, not too long ago, he destroyed like a seven pound, nine pound burrito. So, I mean, he came prepped and ready and 
Wes, you know, he's our main dude at Bitcoin Bay. I mean, he's been putting seed signers together since he came out the womb. So this was just being right at home. So we're all proud of everybody and the work they did. Yeah. The, uh, hey y'all. Yeah. It's me, Wes. Yeah. That, that don't trust verify is going to haunt us for quite some time. I had to mute those words on Twitter for a little bit. I'm not allowed <laughs> to wear the t-shirt anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, we had to get rid of that, but we had, we had a fantastic times at the games. You guys did, you guys, you know, put on you know, a, a great, a great little side, a side hustle. I mean, I didn't leave the exhibition all the entire time. So I don't know why everyone's bitching about the speakers. Cause I didn't hear any, but I mean, <laughs> we, we had a lot of fun, you know, we really, we really want to thank you guys, you know, for putting on a, a great time and we had, you know, and Mike for being a good host and George for, you know, putting it all together, you know, and we're super humbled that, you know, we are coming away with this and, you know, we're working on a plan right now, but we're going to distribute the other half. We're going to distribute half of the coin to other meetups. We're going to see if we can make it a fun kind of, you know, a secondary competition for that, you know, so we're not, we're not taking the whole thing because we did, <laughs> we did miss don't trust verify with our guy wearing the short on the stage, you know, so, yeah. you know, we, we, we're, we're super grateful for, to Bitcoin Mag for all of this. And, you know, we, we want to make sure we're supporting other meetups as well. You know, so this is going to go a long way for us. We've got a lot planned in the books, you know, that we'll be posting about here shortly. But, you know, we're, we're just really grateful for the opportunity here and, you know, want to make sure that, you know, we can, we can support other grassroots meetups going forward. Awesome. Thanks. And, and essentially, like you said, you guys won. You, the Bitcoin is yours. It sounds like you're using half of it for your your meetup, which I've heard now just registered as a, you have registered as a nonprofit. You have, you know, you're one of the more active Bitcoin meetups. So that's exciting. You said the other half you're going to try to, well, I'm sorry, was yeah, so competing just, or give out to the other? I just want to make sure we clarify. That. Yeah. It sounds exciting that some other meetups might have a chance for some Bitcoin. Yep. So what we're going to do, you know, you're correct. Like we filed for a, a 501c3 nonprofit as a meetup which we That's don't which to, to be clear we, we don't have our 501 yet. status yet but we are a not-for-profit corporation in the state of florida in the state of florida yep so that's going to provide essentially we're open sourcing like what we're going to do so other meetups around the, the country can do the same and it's a good playbook to help onboard and, and bring education to communities across the board as far as the bitcoin that we're getting you know we're going to distribute the the half the other half of the bitcoin to the other competing teams that made it to that semifinal. you know as goodwill and just like hopefully we can continue building grassroots as well yeah so we're still working on that plan right now so you know we're, we're going to see if we can make it a little side competition or something like that so more to come on that but we will be distributing 50 million sats to our other to our fellow meetup contenders we just don't have the specifics of that yet well thank you so much and the good thing here is d our our, our cfo is on this space and so i'm sure we're giving him a slight heart attack and how we distribute it but that that's great to hear thank you guys we it was so good to see the energy your meetup has we hope that these that that these sats can allow your bitcoin to allow your meetup to really thrive and sounds like you really, with, with white labeling or, sorry, sorry, with, with, with creating a white paper and all this open sourcing, what you do for the community, that sounds really exciting. We hope that this money can go help make all those, all those things possible. Yeah, I also just want to jump in and say thank you. I think it's, it's a beautiful thing what you guys are doing and definitely in, in line with the, the spirit of the games and, and the end goal. So I appreciate you guys sort of leaning into that and excited to see what you build over the, the years to come and what you open source and continue to talk in between in between the conferences so that we can maximize our impact across all over the world. 
Right on. Hey, you know, here's one thing that's being built at the Bay. We have something called the Bay Wallet, which our, our lightning dev, Benny Blader, he's on here, is working on too. And we're all happy to support him and rally. And that's the kind of stuff we're trying to do here at Bitcoin Bay. Yeah, it's going to be a lightning wallet, business directory, and Nostra relay all in one. We're thinking of it as, that's going to be open source as well. So, you know, we already talked to the, the Pleb Lab guys. You can just fork it, slap your own colors on it. And we're, we want it to be the, the local community wallet. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Yeah, super exciting for Bay Wallet. We're building a lot in the Bay. Yeah, with Bay Wallet, like Wes said, no, it's really just something for communities to be able to adopt. So, you know, it's going to be the communication for a meetup, like moving away from Signal to go in there, get businesses onboarded and have it local. So really building it like a Bitcoin beach style. So if Austin, Nashville, Bitcoin mag or whoever wants to use it, they can just fork it and use that. So it's a, it's a full lightning node running on the phone as well as a Nostra client and doing a lot of fun stuff, having marketplaces. It's really exciting and it's just a fraction of what we're doing out here. So now we mentioned the 501c3. This is just immense for us down here in Tampa to really, to really make our mark. And, you know, that's why we brought our athletes and dominated the games. <laughs> Well, thank you for that again, and we're happy that not you're not just great at devouring pizza, but also <laughs> lightning developers. I think clearly you're all Renaissance men and women over there, and I hope that everyone, when they get down to if they're down there in your area, to look your team, your guys up to check out your meetup. And like we said before, we I like to think of our conference as just the biggest meetup. Um, uh-huh. we're, you know, and we it comes from the fact that we've we help facilitate and once again anyone else on this call that wants to and i think we said earlier it's about connecting bitcoiners in the real in the real world not just on twitter that's important connections you build you know some of my best friends have come from this people i really enjoy speaking with and i get really i would say motivated excited to help build better bitcoin when i meet in person with other bitcoiners because sometimes bitcoin twitter can bring you down a little bit but i would say that the the goal here for everybody is to try to build better meetups that can help grow the entire ecosystem, please reach out to George. We have a Bitcoin Magazine Meetup Network where we support over 130 Bitcoin meetups. This is an investment our company has made because we want to encourage these types of things. Guys, thank you for being a great example for what something can be. We love to see stuff coming out of this. And once again, now everyone's, you know, just so you know, everyone's going to try to beat you for next year. So I hope you guys bring your A game. Uh, my good. Bitcoin meetup, my Bitcoin meetup in in New York. My good friend Kobayashi, the greatest competitive eater of all time, happens to be there as well. So I'm going to start orange pilling him now because I look forward to beating him in whatever eating contest we have next year. But thank you guys so much. I want to give it back to our host with our final 10 minutes to kind of uh, help us take it away here. Yeah, thanks, Mike. We're going to create a lot of opportunities for you guys to come down to the bay. So we're looking forward to that. Sounds good. Yep. Hey, thanks, thanks Mike. Mike. Thanks for having us. As your governor would say, do Bitcoin. So thank you for that. <laughs> keep doing it. Keep doing it. Congrats again, you guys. It's kind of symbolic that the Florida team wins Bitcoin games, you know, like the last year in Miami. And it's it's really awesome. And congratulations, you guys. Well earned. And yeah, more, more fun to come in the future. Does anyone have any closing thoughts, anything that you'd like to share about the conference? We got about a few minutes left. So we'd love to just open the stage for anyone who wanted to share some final thoughts. I'll share one last story here, just kind of on the meetups thing. 
I had one person come up to me at the Bitcoin Games Arena and just super innocently ask, like, what is a meetup? And it was kind of an interesting question because I hadn't considered that, you know. And I, I think the the lesson for me that I walked away with was, you know, we we make a lot of assumptions as Bitcoiners. We we think people get it. We don't we don't realize how like we're we're kind of one of that famous speeches about being being a fish in water and you don't really know that you're in water. It's just kind of your environment. And I think sometimes we can get kind of wrapped up in that where we don't we don't know what we already know and what's obvious to us. Things like meetups, right? We just say that so casually now. And so as we're having these conversations with people and we're in between the conference seasons, I just encourage everybody, like I always do, to to understand sort of who your local Bitcoiners are, be a part of your meetup. And if there's not one in your neighborhood, start one. It's way easier than it looks. I'm happy to help guide you, resource you. Obviously, Bitcoin Bay, as just mentioned, they're, they're open sourcing their playbook. A lot of meetups willing to to share kind of what works well for them. But yeah, don't just don't assume that people know that we're, you know, Bitcoiners are doing this weird thing where we're getting together and we're talking about Bitcoin every couple of weeks because it's, it's very uncommon and people people need it and we have to tell them about it. So, yeah, that's all I got. Anyone else? This is your last chance, you guys, before we head into the weekend. I just want to say I love Bitcoin magazine. Love them. Go Badgers. That's Woo! Yes. All right, you guys, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us this morning. It was really amazing to talk conference shop and just kind of cover every single, you know, everything that goes into it. We worked really, really, really hard. A huge shout out once again to the entire Bitcoin magazine and the conference team. We all know that Bitcoin Twitter can get spicy, especially after conferences. But we do need to keep, you know, keep our focus on our common mission here and which is advancing Bitcoin adoption. So let, let's let's keep the ice on the prize and let's let's keep fighting the good fight, everyone. 430 days till Nashville, everybody get excited. Woo! Amazing. All right. Have a great day, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you, Miami, for the last three years in this amazing city. The whole world shut down, but Miami welcomed us with open arms. We want to show Bitcoin to the whole world. We are taking the conference on the road to set the stage for Bitcoin in a new city. Nashville. Bitcoin 2024 is coming to Nashville in Tennessee. A city that is known as a music and freedom city. Bitcoin 2024 in Nashville from July 25th to 27th. Plebs, if you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, then you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's a free and a paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts Dylan LeClaire, Dr. Jeff Ross, and Sam Rule break down what's going on in the market so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com.